Hello, and welcome to Create You, the personal growth and development podcast that will help you break through to better results in your life, work, and relationships. I'm your host, Jeremy Flagg, and thank you for joining me. Have you noticed that when your relationships are suffering, then your whole life is suffering as a result? Well, according to our society's marriage and divorce statistics, you're not alone. And maybe some of the reason we're seeing so many relationships fall on rocky times is because of a misunderstanding in how love actually works. So, in today's episode, we're talking about the things you should always include in your recipe for love if you want to make it last a lifetime. If you want to experience more sweetness, spice, and substance in your relationships, then listen as we discuss the three key ingredients for creating a remarkable relationship. Hello again, creators. Hey, it's so good to be with you again. Hey, this is Jeremy welcoming you to another episode of Create You. We are in our 10th episode. It's like a mini celebration. Yay! 10 episodes. I can't believe it. It's only been a month since I began, but uh, here we are celebrating one month and the 10th episode, and I'm so happy to have you along on this journey. Hey, today I am talking about relationships. And uh, I'm actually really excited because what you might not know if you've been listening to the show so far is that relationships are one of the places where coaching really shines and where I really enjoy putting in effort with other couples because I get to see families saved. I get to see marriages saved. I get to see people that previously had uh really miserable experiences on a daily basis in their relationships completely shift into love and enjoyment and happiness. And those things bleed over into all the other parts of their lives because when our relationships aren't right, then nothing is right. And I think you guys know what I'm talking about. And uh, I also love talking about relationships because I have a lot of good results here. I've been with my wife, Lisa, for coming up on 20 years this December. Uh, We've been married for over 17. And, uh, you know, I think I've been a pretty conscious husband, as it were. Uh, Also being a stay-at-home dad, I got to view many different parts of our relationship from different angles than most people might have had the experience with. So I'm super excited to talk about relationships because it's one of the places where I think uh, coaching can really shine in your life and help you get back on a path here of real enjoyment uh, and love in your relationships. Because let's be honest, I mean, that's what we're really all after, isn't it? It's love. So today we're going to be talking about the three key ingredients for creating a remarkable relationship. The three key ingredients for creating a remarkable relationship. So You'd think that with all the advancements that we've had in human psychology over the past 200 years that we'd all be having great relationships by now, right? We'd all be enjoying our spouses and our significant others at high levels every single day and smiling all the time and thinking everything was so awesome, but that's not the case, is it? In fact, the marriage and the divorce rates in our country in America suggests that relationships are becoming more and more disposable in our culture, not less. So why do you think this is? You know, I think the statistics are telling us something that we cannot afford to ignore. You know, 
marriage standards and uh, the relaxed legal, you know, ramifications of divorce um, have really lowered the way that we get out of a relationship, but heightened or raised the bar, if you will, on relationships in general because people are no longer willing to settle for less when they know there must be more. The generations that came before us would settle for less in their relationships than they wanted because they were sticking it out through commitment and through a belief system that was rooted in a religious idea, particularly through Christianity, that uh, you know you should stick it out no matter what, and it doesn't have to be awesome. It just needs to be there. Well, our you know generations you know, they've changed, and the last two generations particularly have said, "Hey, wait a second, I'm not going to live my life being unhappy in a marriage that I don't even enjoy. I'm going to move on. I'm going to do something else with my life." And so, because of that reason, relationships have got a, a much higher standard to meet these days than they ever have. You know, I had the uh, really cool pleasure of taking my daughter to the Taylor Swift concert this week here in St. Louis. And, you know, she did a lot of awesome things in that show. I'd love to talk about them some other time. We're talking about relationships today. But uh, how it relates is that when she would have costume changes on, on several of the costume changes, I think it was like three different times, she had her friends pop up on video. Uh, to keep you distracted and to keep you busy while she was changing and the set was changing. And she had her friend Selena Gomez on there and Lena Dunham, actress Lena Dunham on there. And she had the sisters in the uh, rock group Heim on there uh, and a few more, a couple models. And uh, they were all kind of, you know, chit-chatting about Taylor and about their friendship and about different things. Anyway, one of the videos ended up being about love. And they were asked what love is. And I really paid attention because here were some of their answers. Um, I don't know. Uh, and then one of them answered, well, you know, it's a feeling. It's a feeling you get inside. Uh, another person said, it's that warm and fuzzy and exciting feeling that you have when you're with someone. And uh, Another one said... You know, it should stay with you throughout every phase of your life. Otherwise, it's not love. And I kind of thought to myself, wow, to have so much confusion around something that's so important to our world and to ourselves, which is love, right? It's the irreducible need of all human beings to be loved and to have love and to know that, you're, that you belong in the world. It's hard to be intentional about creating a love that lasts a lifetime with your spouse or your mate if you have absolutely no idea what you're making. You know, one of my favorite quotes about this particular type of subject is uh, a guy named Dr. Miles Monroe, who has since passed. And one of my favorite quotes from him was a quote where he said, when purpose remains unknown, abuse is the inevitable result. So if you don't know why something exists, then you're doomed to abuse it or abnormally use it from its intended purpose and from its intended why. And if we have no idea what a functioning definition of love even is, how is it that we're going to be able to do anything but abuse this awesome force in our own world? 
So I'm thinking maybe it's time we had a more reliable recipe for getting, you know, the relationships and the love that we need in our world. You know, in every aspect of life, it's important to look to others that are getting the results you want and then learn from what it is that they've done to make that success possible. Jim Rohn used to say, success leaves clues, meaning if we look at the lives of successful people, then we'll pick up some pointers on what we can apply to our own lives. Uh, So in relationships, unfortunately, many of us fall into default patterns based on the models of relationships we've experienced throughout our lives. And usually that's just with our family, with our parents, with our aunts and uncles, um, with you know, our brothers and sisters. So, you know, we don't see a whole lot or we don't seek out a whole lot of role models different than the ones we grew up with. And those role models could be anything ranging from fun-loving and happy to disconnected and distant to uh, angry and isolated and frustrated with one another. I mean, you could have lots of fighting in your house. You could have lots of laughing in your house. You could have a lots of, of uh, you know, indifference um, and just quiet resignation in your house. Whatever those models are, those are the ones you grew up with, and those are your default models of how a relationship should work unless you examine them and get better models or have a better functioning definition or outcome that you really want and that you want to aim at. Then guess what? You're going to recreate the exact same thing because you're focusing unconsciously on the thing that you already experienced as a relationship. And so when you when you start thinking about relationship, you start thinking about love, you're going to literally recreate the things that you already experienced unless you have an a, you know an experience to replace that with with your focus on an outcome that you really really desire. So, one way that you can start shaping your ideas of what you really want in relationships is to start searching out better role models, of course. Uh, and then hope that you can make those happen in your own life. Now, sometimes though, even when we find something that looks really good, and even when it has instructions on how to make it, we still fall short of the results we truly desired. Uh, to give you an example, I mean, have you ever found a recipe that you were just dying to try, only to find out after you made it that it just didn't live up to your expectations? It, you know, I mean, it looked really, really good in the recipe book. And it smelled really good when you made it, uh, and then you got really, really excited to try it, and then you tasted it, and then, yeah, not so much. You ever had that experience? So I see some hands raised on the show today. You know, I have a really vivid experience of that from my childhood. Uh, my mom is actually a really, really great cook, and but one of the things she tried when we were growing up was something that looked good to her, uh, but did not taste good. At all. I, you know, my mom owned a lot of cookbooks. And so she tried a lot of recipes out on us while we were growing up, but none were as infamous as the tofu cheesecake. Yes, I said that. Tofu cheesecake. It, yes, it wasn't good. My mom, though, God bless her, she spent all day cooking for a dinner party at our house that evening and made what appeared to be. A very delightful dessert. Now, my dad, my brother, and myself, we were pretty excited to get into this cheesecake because it looked so good, and we dove right into it after the meal, Um, but 
I'll never forget personally the look on my dad's face when he took that first bite. And he had that he had that curled up lip and that, you know, that kind of kink in his eye that was like, whoa, I'm not sure about this. Uh, I, it was sort of telling everyone at the table, uh, you know, warning, warning, don't let this pass your lips. Don't let this go into your mouth. You know, it was, I guess, my mom's biggest dinner party disaster. Uh, and luckily, she had a backup plan uh, to save the night because it was really just that nasty. You know, sometimes we think we have everything we need, right? Like this recipe. And it looks like it's going to make something delicious because of what we appear to be making. Um, Like in a relationship, we may appear to have copied someone's instructions or ingredients on how to make a happy relationship. Uh, But at the same time, when we tried to do it ourselves, we found out, oh my gosh, this didn't work out and it's not working. I don't know what to do. And we don't often have plan B's like my mother had at the dinner table that night for our relationships, particularly for our close ones, our spouses, our significant others, our lifetime partners. So, you know, maybe we're leaving something out. Maybe there's something that can help us, you know, in an everyday relationship that would give us a better idea or a better handle on how we can make sure we have the right things and the right stuff to make sure we have something that's worth, you know, talking about, tasting, and, 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 and having in our lives, right? You know, let's take a second look at this. Because love in our culture is, you know, it's at a deficit, truly. Remarkable relationships are at a deficit. We have very few models left of marriages that last a lifetime. And honestly, guys, it can absolutely be done. You just have to know that there are some mindsets and some commitments and some skills that you need to have. And once you have those in place, they're really not that difficult to apply, by the way. Once you have those things in place, everything just turns much brighter and much easier. So let's take a second look at this recipe and see if we're missing some key ingredients for creating a remarkable relationship in our own lives. You know, uh, I was a child of the 80s. I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 77. And so back in the 80s, I remember a band named Foreigner singing um, their chart-topping hit, I Want to Know What Love Is. But do we even know the answer to that question? I want to know what it is. Tell me what it is. But we don't even know what it is. Just, Just like I shared with you at the Taylor Swift concert and the... And all of her famous friends who are influencing, by the way, a whole other generation of young women uh, with their music and with their art. And then, you know, they don't even know what they're aiming for, but here they are influencing everybody. We really need to know what love is. So maybe the real problem, the first real problem we have in relationships comes from the misunderstanding of the definition of this often used word. So in our culture today... We use the same word love to describe a myriad of feelings we have towards both people and objects. We say things like, I love you to our spouse, which we should many, many times a day sometimes, right? Uh, But then we also say, I love you to our mothers or fathers. We say, I love you to our brothers or sisters. We say, I love you to uh, people on the street. We say, I love you to coworkers. We say, 
we love pizza. We say we love uh, Apple computers or iPhones. We say I love whatever this is. You getting the, getting the point? Because we're trying to describe the way we feel emotionally with one word, we end up getting a little confused in our culture. How do we ever get to the idea that the breadth of our emotional range surrounding the word love could be summed up by only one word? <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of kind of insane, doesn't it? How we've made this our problem by you know neglecting to use language for other types of love. But you know what? Ancient cultures didn't have this problem because they had multiple multiple words for love. And we've just got one. So, what does the word love actually mean? Well, um, the ancient Near Eastern cultures would have summarized the love we should have for people as a verb. Catch that. Love was a verb for our predecessors in the ancient Near Eastern cultures. And it would, it would have described the action of showing benevolence on behalf of another at cost to oneself. The ancient Greek culture, which is the stem or the mother of modern Western civilization, would have defined the highest form of love as a noun instead of a verb that would have described a selfless, sacrificial, and unconditional love. And it's from these great cultures where we derive our language, and yet we've ignored their most basic meaning. That love is not about you. Love is not primarily about your feelings. It's primarily about others. So maybe there's a better way to describe this feeling we call love. Going back to those ancient languages, they didn't have the same problem we have with the expressions of the different types of emotion or the range of emotion that we present when we have love because... For example, in the ancient Hebrew culture, there were as many as seven words for love. And in the ancient Greek culture, there were, as many, there were four different words for love. These two languages intersect in three ways that describe the ingredients that every great relationship needs to be successful in a remarkable way. So let's work through them. Ingredient number one is friendship. The first ingredient every awesome, remarkable relationship must have is friendship. You know, the first thing you'll notice in any relationship is the attraction to one another in a friendly way. When we share things that we enjoy in common, then we want to spend more time with one another. And when we spend more time together, we begin to have more fondness for each other. And then what develops is a companionship that carries the feelings of affection that we commonly refer to as love. But this is the love of friendship. You know, in the ancient Hebrew, the word described, used to describe a best friend or a committed companion, as well as the feelings that you have for that person, is raya. And correlating with raya in the Hebrew is the word phileo in the Greek. Uh, and phileo means to regard someone with affection or to like or to be fond of. By the way, you may have recognized phileo at the beginning of one of our famous cities in America, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. 
You know, this is the most basic kind of love. Every remarkable relationship requires, and it's the one that's easiest to understand. This is by far the easiest ingredient to add in any relationship. Because when you like someone and you're fond of them, then you can't get enough of them. And when you don't care to be in someone's presence, then you're not likely to want to be around them much longer. And it's just as simple as that. Now, here's some questions. Is your relationship suffering because you've forgotten how to be friendly with one another? I mean, that's totally possible. And before you give me any excuses like, dude, it's not there. I just don't feel it anymore. Do yourself a favor and remember back to the time when your friendship was the best thing you could have ever imagined. What were you doing then? What were you feeling? What were you saying? In what ways did you know you were friends? So take some time. Take some time this week to rekindle that flame of friendship between you and add this ingredient back into your relationship for a little something sweet in the recipe. Let's head out to ingredient number two. So ingredient number one was friendship. Ingredient number two is passion. So the second thing required to create a remarkable relationship is passion. Passion is the expression of our creativity in a relationship. You know, when we're attracted to someone in a sexual way, then our desire is to satisfy that longing. When passion is present, then our relationships have an element of surprise and mystery to them that's only satisfied by the act of intercourse. Like the tension that's required for guitar strings to stay in tune, passion creates this tension between the two parties that makes the notes that play together sound together. You know, if you have a guitar or any real, I mean, honestly, almost any instrument has a tension to it in some part of the instrument. And if that tension is, uh, you know, out of balance, then the instrument will not sound good. So passion is provides the tension in a relationship that's necessary for that excitement and for the creativity and for the expression of passion. You know, in the ancient Greek, the word used to describe this type of love for someone is eros. And it's where we get our word erotic from. It's the impulse to gratify, to, excuse me, to gratify. That was an awesome word. It's the impulse to gratify our sexual longing. And it's the word that correlates with eros in the Hebrew. And it's, and it's, it's dod, pronounced dod, D-O-D is how it's spelled, but dod. And dode is the word that describes a lover and the act of arousal. You know, it's that, wow, it's that wow feeling in relationships, right? It's that intoxicating feeling we get when we're in that person's presence, when we feel desire overcome us for them and we feel desired by them. That's passion. Passion is a necessary ingredient in a relationship because without it, something will always be missing. Again, because we use love to describe every feeling surrounding our relationships with one another, we might be suffering from a lack of passion and become convinced it doesn't even matter because we, quote, love each other. Passion is necessary in a remarkable relationship. So, could your relationship use a little passion? Possibly. If, if so, then how can you create some tension between you? Because tension 
is what's necessary to create a little passion? How can you add some element of mystery or some element of creativity to the mix? You know, imagine some ways that you could elevate your you know, masculine energy or your feminine energy to attract the interest of your partner because there's power in polarity. We need to talk about that on another podcast, but there's some serious power in the polarity between masculine and feminine energy in a relationship. And it really only takes a spark to get a fire going in your, your love life here, in this part of your love life, in the passion. So if passion is something that you're missing, then you're going to want to add this ingredient back to give it a little spice. So if friendship adds sweetness to a relationship that makes it remarkable, then passion adds spice that makes a relationship remarkable. So let's go to ingredient number three. Ingredient number three is commitment. And it's the last and most important part of the recipe. Why is it the most important? Well, every other aspect of our relationships is instinctual and impulsive. Think about that. You don't have to think a whole lot about being friends with someone because you automatically like being around them and you want to spend more time with them. It's a natural thing. Uh, and then you don't really have to think a whole lot about passion once it gets going, right? Because it's instinctual. It's impulsive. You want to be around that person. You want to go you know, uh, into that realm and that space and that tension with them. And, you know, it's a, it's a realm. Those two realms, friendship and passion, are the places where we rely on our emotions to create the motion. But the love of commitment is the love of the will. It's the love that says, I choose you. I serve you. I sacrifice for you without conditions. In the Hebrew, this word was ahava, and it means an emotion that leads to lifelong decision. Benevolence on behalf of another at cost to oneself, I mentioned earlier. It's a word that describes selfless love that places the needs and priorities of others ahead of its own. The correlating word in the ancient Greek is uh, agape. Agape describes an unconditional others first kind of love that takes action to serve the needs of those around them and sacrifices for the well-being of others. These two words obviously operate together. And this kind of love is a love without limits. This is the love that uh, Jesus famously referred to when he said, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. He was talking about this this type of commitment love. And this is the bedrock of every great relationship. Without commitment, there is no love. Mm. I will say it again. Without commitment, there is no love. Sure, you can have lots of passion. And our society is really keyed in on passion and thinking that passion is the indicator for all things that have to do with great relationships. But I'm here to tell you that you just have a lot of passion that you don't have any friendship and you don't have any commitment, you don't have love. You've got a third of a recipe, but not a whole recipe. And you can have a lot of friendship. But as many of us have probably found out already in our lives, friendship isn't enough to create a lifelong, remarkable marriage or relationship that, that stands the test of time. 
that's just not enough. There's got to be some creativity, some spark, and some spice. And there's got to be commitment. Because at that deeper level, when you disagree and when you don't like what the other person is doing, you got to have something deeper that you're that, that's, that's putting you in action and keeping you in the game. Otherwise, when your emotions uh, you know, fail you or they fail to like the other person, then you'll just stop being friends. You know, commitment must be present or the recipe doesn't work. Friendship's going to get tested by disagreement. That's all there is to it. And when there's no commitment, then your friendship's going to suffer. Passion gets tested by time. Because tension relaxes with time. Just like on a guitar I was mentioning earlier. Guitar strings have to be tuned every time you play them because the tension on the strings relaxes with time. So if you're not committed to uh, you know, one another in your relationship, then you'll be looking for passion with someone else instead of going back to your relationship and tuning it up and recreating that tension. Commitment's the most important part of the recipe because without it, there's no substance to the love that we're creating. There's no substance to the recipe. So here's some questions for you. What's your level of commitment to your relationship? Are you fully and totally committed to making your partner your highest priority? If you're waiting to feel like it, then you may be waiting for a long time because commitment is a decision. A decision to journey together, to tackle anything that comes your way, and to grow in life as a team. So are you lacking commitment in your relationship? And and what are you waiting for if you are? If you've got the other two ingredients and you're missing this one, then you'll never be satisfied. But if you've got this ingredient and you're just lacking a little bit of spark or a little bit of sweetness, you can add those two things back in with passion and friendship. No problem. And you'll be back on track to having that relationship that you've always wanted that you can enjoy every single day. So if you're lacking commitment, make sure that this ingredient is is there in spades because this is the ingredient of commitment is what gives the relationship substance. So there you have it, my friends. Three ingredients, friendship, passion, and commitment. And these three things in balance make for an exciting relationship full of love that's sure to be admired by others and sure to be enjoyed by you and everyone around you. So what happens when these three things get out of balance? I already told you. Two words, tofu cheesecake. (laughs) It looks okay from the outside. The appearances are okay. But just beneath the surface is something far from edible or excellent. So, I hope you enjoyed that. I enjoyed delivering that for you. I just want to close our time together with a quote from Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, who said this, Being deeply loved by someone gives you strength, while loving someone deeply gives you courage. So love deeply today, friends, and use these three ingredients to make a love that both looks and tastes good.
Thanks for listening. For more tips about how to create the life, work, and relationship you love, just head over to jeremyflag.com where you'll find lots of free resources and notes from this episode. While you're there, be sure to take action in the comments section and share your story of how this podcast is helping you. I'd really appreciate it. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review for me in the iTunes store. If you're listening on Apple's podcast app, Just click anywhere on the show artwork to reveal the show notes and click the link that says please rate and review the show in iTunes. Your feedback is appreciated. Hey, if you'd like to continue the conversation, then please like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter and be sure to use the hashtag CreateYou. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining me today on CreateYou and be sure to check in with me next Tuesday when I'll be talking about how to stop resisting change. Until then, this has been Jeremy Flagg, reminding you that you are a creator. You don't need to react to life as it happens to you because you have the power within you to create the life you love today. Now go and create you. You.